the world we know is changing. I'm Moira Gunn, and welcome to Biotech Nation. It's not just reading our screens which is changing us. The technology is reading us. Tech Nation Health Chief Correspondent, Dr. Daniel Kraft. Daniel, welcome back. Great to be back. Let me ask you this. I keep hearing all this stuff about digital health, but I want to start at sort of the basis, the start, and that is, what are all the things they can measure about us? Well, we talk about measurement. I mean, healthcare, particularly from putting on my clinician hat, is, is often based on measures, you know, the basic vital signs, uh, your blood pressure, your oxygen saturation, your labs. We, we're a very quantified kind of uh, field. Though some things in medicine, like your mental health, is often hard to quantify, but it's often a lot of health and medicine is driven by measurement. And most measurements happen traditionally in the four walls of the clinic or the emergency room or the hospital bed or intensive care unit. And that intermittent data, usually only collected in the, in the clinical setting, leads to our reactive mindset. We tend to wait for not healthcare, but sick care. We wait for the patient to show up with a heart attack or a stroke or late stage cancer. And the potential of this new age of digital, mobile, connected health is that we can start to collect data and glean information and insights almost anywhere and bring care outside of the four walls to anytime, anywhere, and arguably even democratize healthcare and bring better outcomes at lower costs for more folks around the planet. So a few things we can measure. I think many of your listeners are now involved in the wearable age. You know, the first Fitbit really only came out like 13 years ago, end of 2009, and now 30 plus percentage of Americans wear some sort of wearable from a Fitbit to an Apple Watch. Your phone, even if you don't like it, you look and you go, oh, that's how many steps? I didn't even know you were collecting that. Right. Your phone has a great accelerometer and it knows where you've been and can even be a predictor of mortality and morbidity based on how far you walk, how often. And so whether you like it or not, we're being measured and many of us are quantified selfers. We like to look at our steps and our sleep and, and other measures. Sometimes people track their food. But what we can measure now, it's getting extremely exciting. We can measure almost every element of our physiology and even our mental health uh, using wearables and otherables. So the simple wearable on your wrist obviously can track your steps, but also can measure your gait. Also tied to GPS can know, tied to your heart rate, what your oxygen uh, VO2 max might be, your exercise capacity. It can tell your gait and whether you might have a change in gait and be more likely to have a of a fall. So that's sort of simple, small data. Obviously, sleep is something that can be measured for most of our wearables, which has a huge impact on our health span and risk for disease and, and recovery. But these things are moving beyond the wearable sense. You know, they're now actually sweatables, things that will be patches that track your sweat. Uh, many non-biabetics are wearing CGMs, continuous glucose monitors, to look at their metabolomics and how they respond to different um, foods and exercise. There's this idea now I like to call invisibles, that your camera on your laptop or your smartphone can use software and pick up your heart rate and your blood pressure and your oxygen saturation. So you don't need to be wearing anything to quantify uh, your vital signs. And voice, something we're using on this recording, is a big biomarker, a digital biomarker that can predict signs of neurologic disease. If you have heart disease, it can you know listen to the sound of your chest uh, and predict whether you have fluid in your lungs. It can be a predictor, obviously, of COVID or a uh, tuberculosis or a cold, the sound of your cough, this idea of acoustic epidemiology. These are all sorts of things we can now start to measure that go beyond the wearable sense. And these new measures can give us new insights into prevention and wellness, uh, to diagnosing diseases early, and then of course, therapy uh, to modify and have a feedback loop 
uh, which is often quite broken in many medical therapies. Invisibles, the invisibles. You know, it used to be that I remember uh, Steve Jobs saying, you know, never trust a computer you can't lift because the computers were so huge and big rooms and never trust a computer you can't see. It's like, you can't see them. How do you know it's there? You know, and that's where we get to the invisibles and privacy. Invisibles and this idea of sort of the internet of, not the internet of things, which many have heard of, but the internet of medical things, like your connected home, the Wi-Fi in your home can actually pick up vital signs and predict or measure if someone's had a fall or how folks are interacting socially. Um, the cameras that might be, again, ubiquitous can look at behaviors and tell whether folks who might be this idea of aging in place can stay at home safely. Are they safe? Are they dressed? How are they interacting? So yes, there are computers and sensors embedded into everything. And it's no one sensor that's most relevant, uh, particularly to someone's health. Maybe your your heart rate and your steps are important. But when you connect the dots between these computers and, and, and sensors everywhere, that we can end up in this era of almost having a, a check engine light for the body, where it's sort of synthesizing multiple streams of data, maybe also knowing your age and location and genome and metabolomics, and really give you that early warning before you have a fall, or to give you a warning to take that COVID test before you turn PCR positive and have symptoms. Um, we really have this new age upon us where we can start to make sense of these massive forms of data, turn them into actionable information and make them relevant to the individual or the clinician at the bedside or the website. So then we have all of this data, then do you bring that to your physician? What do you do with that? Well, right now, most of our connected data is sort of siloed. There's the ability now on HealthKit and on Android now to collect your HealthKit data and information from multiple forms, from your scale to your blood pressure cuff. Or I'm actually wearing right now a prototype of a device that measures blood pressure on my wrist, you know, without a cuff. I have another prototype device that does blood pressure and blood sugar without a cuff or without a needle. So how does that translate to your clinician? No doctor, nurse, pharmacist, physical therapist wants more data. We're already overwhelmed by data. We want the actual insight. So a, a key element of this new digital health age is how do we connect the dots and go from quantified self where that data and information is sort of siloed on your phone or laptop or tablet and connect that in smart ways to your clinical team so that they can see things proactively, maybe act on that check engine light and have a way of communicating with you that's seamless and is integrated into the workflow and the incentives and is even paid for by the uh, health insurance companies and other payers. Because um, there's a big gap between all these new apps. There's, you know, I gave a TED talk back in 2011 about the future of medicine. There's an app for that. There was about 20,000 apps. In my last TED talk in 2021, 10 years later, there's like 300,000 medical apps at least. The challenge is finding those, using the right ones, and then the opportunity, whether it's one that manages your blood pressure or your blood sugar, to integrate that with your clinical care in smart ways. Well, let's talk about these medical apps. 300,000 just a couple of years ago. I'm sure that it continues to explode. Where is the line? They can't all be regulated by the FDA. There's no option for that. Yeah, absolutely not. A lot of them are sort of, you know, the consumer wellness side, helping you with your, your sleep and your exercise and your workouts and your diet and motivation and maybe your mindfulness. That's less regulated, obviously. But we're moving from these sort of consumer apps to ones that are FDA approved. Um, the FDA digital side is, is a whole new software as a medical device. They've advanced their ways to bring certain, let's say, what are called digital therapeutics. I call them digiceuticals to market. There are now, for example, FDA cleared apps for treating children with 
ADHD and it's a video game. Essentially, they play this video game. It's a company called Achille that went through FDA trials and showed that it was in some cases better equivalent to taking the, the standard Ritalin type drugs, which I'd rather have my child on a video game training their focus than a, a medication. That's one example. There are other digital therapeutics uh, related to smoking cessation or for mental health. And the challenge and opportunity is to think and help clinicians find these often prescribable apps that are now being paid for in some settings by insurance and prescribe them. Uh, many clinicians I cross paths with have no idea that there are diagnostic devices and apps that could be useful for many of their patients. And to help meet that challenge, I've uh, built a platform called digital.health. That's the web website, digital.health. And we now have over 2,500 digital health solutions for everything from helping running your medical practice to helping interface with patients or apps you can prescribe a patient for information or to help you make a diagnosis using AI. There's a lot out there. The trick is helping clinicians and eventually consumers and patients find those digital health tools and integrate them into their self-care and into their health care, not just their sick care. So I think part of this future of digital health is one where we're able to collect data in more seamless ways while maintaining privacy and other important elements, we let those data elements combine because it's not just about your wearable data or your genome or your metabolome or your microbiome or your proteome. It's how we put those together and glean insights from that that are relevant to you as an individual or if you're my patient that I can help make that sense of in a smart, intuitive way. Then we can even you know, connect the dots between those data into insights that might help nudge the individual do healthier behaviors or remember to take their medication or adjust their medication and then tie the learning back from that, crowdsource that information, integrate that into the workflow of nurses and doctors and others in healthcare so that we can have this new, smart, intelligent, learning digital health age. And so that you might go to a platform like digital.health and find the right app and prescribe it instead of the drug. And that those insights that are going to be gleaned from thousands and millions of individuals can then inform a better healthcare knowledge set for individuals across the planet. So I think it's an exciting, but still early stage of digital health and medicine. There are many startups in the space doing everything from virtual reality for treating pain to wearables to track your blood pressure and mental health uh, to really ways to even run clinical trials now in this new digital connected, hopefully super intelligent age. So it's an exciting time, but we're still at the beginning because like it or not, when you go to the doctor often today, you're still using fax machines and filling out the same paper forms or getting results on a, on a CD-ROM like I did recently. And I don't even own a CD-ROM player. So <laughs> we need to connect the dots in, in new powerful ways as we enter this new, new health age that's going to be powered by digital health, which soon we'll just call health. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Mara. I've been speaking with Tech Nation Health Chief Correspondent, Dr. Daniel Kraft. Dr. Kraft is the founder and chair of NextMed Health on the web at nextmed.health and digital.health. Listen to more biotech podcasts at biotechnation.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Biotech Nation is a regular feature of the weekly public radio program, Tech Nation. Listen to the full show via podcast or on your local public radio station. For Biotech Nation, I'm Moira Gunn.